0: To Texans Unfiltered.
1: here we go, here we go.
0: A Houston football podcast for your Houston, Texans. Alright, guys, welcome back. Young Ari Gold, James, however the fuck I'm gonna be going, whatever it is, I don't care. Today's not the day to figure that out. Another episode, Texans Unfiltered. I'm with my boy and friend, John Wade, the Garnet Texan, and John, man, my mind, my mind feels like I did uh, an eight ball of Coke at mm, 7.45 this morning, and then I came down, uh, I did it again, and then I truly came down, and then I did it again, and then I did ecstasy while doing that and i was totally on a high and then i came back down to reality and everything is kind of sunk in and now i'm in this place where honestly it's just been a crazy day it's i mean i i think crazy's i don't even know if crazy's fair it's been a wild ride
1: yeah no it dude i I'm almost at a loss for complete words on what today's been like. Uh, my heart got broken. My heart then got kind of a little bit stitched back together. My brain is still mush. I'm sitting there trying to work and everything is going on and it's just... After. Oh, you were at
0: work today when it happened.
1: Yeah, I was at work. And so sorry, people. Ooh. Like, I would try to pop in every now and then when people would uh let me know that something crazy was going on like I was getting hit up by text and and people were at were adding me on twitter and I'm like I'm at work <laughs> and then I'd sneak in and I'm like oh oh this is not good this is not good and yeah it's been a I don't even know how to even put it into words what my day was because I'm sitting there trying to juggle Like, I'm not up to the minute on everything. Like, I guess maybe you were. I don't know who was. I was glued.
0: I was glued to Twitter all day. I mean, it never left. It never left. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I would get details, and then I'd be like, okay, at first this morning, it sounded like we were trading for uh, a tackle and a center. And I'm like, okay, okay, we can do this. And then next thing you know, it's Jacob Martin. Is that
0: where we're starting? Is that where we're starting? Yeah, we're, okay.
1: we're, we're just going to rip the Band-Aid off here, dude, and just get, get over the right. – uh, go chronological because I have to walk you through my day. Okay. okay. So I log on just quick enough to see that it's been changed to two linebackers, and, of course, my reaction is like everybody else. Two are – we, are we cursing? Can we curse tonight?
0: Yep, yep, yep. Tonight's the last night. Right. Uh, next week we're professional podcasters. <clears throat> it's a new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders, Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets, Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to get the best football bets every weekend. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. And this year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and MyBookie has been great for me. That's why MyBookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. It's that simple. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. That means you can double your first deposit. Use promo code TEXANS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code TEXANS when creating your account to claim your bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. MyBookie.
1: All right. So tonight I log or I log on earlier and I'm like, what the absolute fuck? I mean honestly, there's yeah. no other way to say it. Linebackers really linebackers
0: and not just linebackers, but one of those linebackers slash defensive ends shouldn't be on a roster in the NFL.
1: Yeah, Barcavia's men go is probably was probably gonna get cut. He doesn't have a position. He's
0: he played on the Patriots, who needed pass rush and love value picks, and cut, they cut him.
1: He's a former, he's a former top ten pick. Yep. He has all the athleticism in the world. He's just a guy that's never done anything with it. Now, Jacob Martin is intriguing. He honestly is intriguing. He may turn into something. He's a small school guy. Um, well, Temple, I guess Temple's small school but he was a late round pick but towards the end of the year last year he started to show some juice this is a guy that his goal this year is to get 12 sacks and if he does that then you know we'll we'll all be a lot feeling a lot better about this trade but at this point right no. now you're
0: <laughs> I won't feel better there's there's nothing about this trade that's going to make me feel better I don't I don't I don't, honestly I don't I don't care. There's nothing about this trade that's going to make me feel better.
1: I'm trying to be positive here. Trying to be, you can positive.
0: be positive. You can be positive, but you can also be honest. There's nothing about this trade and the situation and the scenario that is going to make this trade ever be okay, ever. Jonathan Martin could be a Pro Bowl All-Pro out, outside linebacker for the Texans. It's still not going to matter. He's not. He's not Jadavian Clowney.
1: No, I agree. I obviously I agree. I've, I love Jadavion Clowney. Like, I, I seriously, I'm trying to keep myself talk myself out of being depressed about it because, after all, football is something we're supposed to enjoy. This is supposed to entertain us, and part of enjoyment though is having all these all these emotions with it. But goddamn, um, I honestly think that this is what sucks. He's going to Seattle, and while you are saying in some ways that it's the best place for him to go. Because we get to, cause you don't really have to worry about playing the, the Seahawks unless it's Super Bowl. In some ways, it's the worst because he's going to get dropped into a culture that you know he's going to vibe better with. He's just gonna, the, he just yeah. screens like a Pete Carroll type of player. And the way that they've always yeah. schemed defensively, there, he's just going to feast. There's a very good chance that next year he is the highest paid edge player in the league entirely because of what he does in Seattle. And that is going to be tough for me to watch. And I don't – yeah, I mean that's really going to be tough for me to watch because I know that he's had that potential. I know that this is a guy that – the Texans, I will not say they used him incorrectly because they used him in a way that they thought that they would get wins and get value and the way that the pieces worked. But they never really did find a great way to get him, Merciless, and Watt on the field at the same time. And part of it's been injuries. Part of it's been trying to protect Watt. Let's not kid ourselves. We all love J.J. J.J. is always and forever going to be a Houston Texan, but he but he was part of the problem with Clowney. Were, and that was the choice that was made, and that was probably – and honestly, it's probably the right choice, but – it still sucks because Clowney has a ceiling like no other. He has – I mean, he, his ceiling is being the type of player that J.J. Watt was. However, you know, I'm a little off subject on my, uh, on my rant now. But him going to Seattle, they're going to make it work. He's going to feast, and it's going to be painful to watch. It really is. No, yeah. I'm going to be happy I mean, you know the for him. Most- mean, he's going to be happy. He's going to be so happy. But fuck, it's going to be hard to watch and what just you know what the most sorry.
0: painful image of today you know what the most painful image of today was image an actual actual image was watching or was seeing Joanne brown post a picture of him and clowney um together on instagram and then tweeting it out and and literally for that moment when i saw the picture it was like and that's kind of where all of this started this is Seeing Dwayne, it's like interesting that you post that picture of all people. You're, you're you're where all this started, and you're not the problem. You never were the problem, but because of your departure specifically, we're in the position we're in right now, or we're in at the more in the morning time. And then you see him with Clowney, and it's like, damn, like these two great players that should be on our team, both of them. I mean. You, you 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 can't argue against right. it. Both players, a, a, as we speak right now, should both be Texans. They should both be wearing battle red, liberty white, whatever the blues called, and deep steel blue, and that should be it. That ha, our our problems are from that entire situation originally. And what? So seeing those two together is what sucks. It's like. I know Dwayne helped and he facilitated and he spoke highly of Clowney and he was able to, you know, get things done. And I'm sure everybody in the locker room and the front office in Seattle knew that Clowney was a good fit and was going to be able to uh, help them in an area they needed Uh, and was a player that they know would be great for their culture. It's just seeing that image to me was just like, it was really just like putting the puzzle pieces together again and just looking back and reflecting and saying, like, Jesus fucking Christ, we're in this situation because first we didn't want to pay you, Dwayne, uh, because we could have. If we would have paid you in camp, you would have been here because you would have been happy and you would have been a good soldier as you've all, always been. You would have made your comments about what Robert McNair made, but you still would have been a professional and you still would have been a Texan.
1: Well, and what now, sucks seeing you it Clowney,
0: it's just like, Jesus fucking
1: Christ. What sucks about both Clowney and Dwayne Brown is both of them wanted to stay in Houston. Neither one of them wanted to leave. Jadavian Clowney fired his agent to hopefully repair some of those bridges. But Rick Smith's pride got in his way with – what's Dwayne? Rick Smith, Rick Smith with oh, Dwayne, Dwayne Brown. Okay, yeah, 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 I thought you were pride gonna... got in his yeah. way with Dwayne, Dwayne Brown because he's like, we don't negotiate during the season on players with contract, whatever bullshit. And then Bill O'Brien's pride got in the way with Javion Clowney. He's like – because he skipped training camp. Like, there's a time and a pr- place to have too much pride. Yeah, When your ultimate end goal is to win a championship and to make the team as strong as possibly can. And I know that's what they want. So I don't understand how you can let your pride get in your way when it comes to generational players.
0: No, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's perfectly said. And that's the problem though. Like that. And that's kind of what brings this whole clowning thing to a head for me. It's like, you know, I, I get it. I, I understand. He didn't report to camp. Uh, conversations about a long-term agreement from last year uh, went into this season, whether it was Cook, which it sounds like it was originally, or it was JD, um, or Bill O'Brien didn't want to sign him long-term. From what I understand of the situation, Bill O'Brien wanted actually wanted to sign him long-term, just not this season. They had an agreement to franchise tag him, him play under the tender this year, and next year they would see where they were at with cap, and if it could work, it would. If it didn't, it didn't. But then he didn't come to camp, and Bill O'Brien's feelings got hurt, as if he expected a guy who's had injury histories in the past to risk his career to come into training camp and have some freak accident happen and put all his career just on OTAs and training camp. Most players skip training camp when they're on the tag. Most veterans, I mean, you see guys who, who don't sign until after training camp because they don't want to be there. It's, it's, a, it's a thing in the NFL. This happens. And for Bill O'Brien to be on his high horse and say that that's like the defining piece, that's the problem I have. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just frustrating because we got Laramie Tunsil, and we'll get to that. But Clowney wasn't a part of that trade, which means to me that you were able to get Tunsell without Clowney, because we did, and you could have had Tunsell and Clowney, and you could have been a team this year, could have put a no-trade clause in the tender, given Clowney peace of mind, saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna play this year, and we're gonna work it out in the offseason. Or maybe something at the trade deadline happens. Maybe Michael Bennett gets hurt in New England, and they're willing to give up a, a you know a second or I don't know. You just never know. This league changes so quickly, and you keep Clowney for the season. The next season, you talk to Clowney. You ask where he wants to go, you franchise him, you send him out, and guess what? You get back a first-round pick for Clowney because a team can negotiate a long-term deal, and now that trade that you made for Tunsil doesn't look so bad because you just got back a pick. This entire situation was just handled completely wrong, and it all boils down to Bill O'Brien's emotions and pride. And I am now to the point to where I feel that his emotions and pride are going to be the death of this team. If you're literally willing to let a player like Clowney walk away when you could have just swallowed your pride, apologized, said I was wrong, I handled this wrong as a leader, and getting him back on the team, and you chose not to, to me, I, I just don't – I can't see it anymore. I, I, I can't see what I was trying to see for the last five years of Bill O'Brien. And that bothers me. It bothers me. I'm happy for Clowney. I'm happy he got to go to a place that he wanted to go. And I know most people are, look what B.O.B. B. did. He got him to a place where he wanted to go. If you honestly think that Bill O'Brien did that because he was looking out for Clowney, you're totally fucking wrong. He didn't do it because he was looking out for Clowney. He was doing it just to move the pieces to get it out of the way and move on to the next task. And that's the frustrations I have. That's no. that's the problem I have.
1: Yeah, and it's well, for me, it's just he let – His emotions dictate where we were going with it. And he apparently – one of the issues where him and Brian Gaines started to fracture is Brian Gaines was trying to trade him to the Chiefs. Granted, that would have been a pretty dumbass move to trade him to the Chiefs. It's like, why would you help that team out?
0: But But if you get better draft picks or you get better value at the end of the day, you're going to do what you can. The
1: timing was better. Right. But the team – he was trying to trade him to is wrong. Bill O'Brien was more under the imp- wanted to resign Clowney to a prove it year. They were part of That's, yeah part of what it's been kind of out there is they wanted to have Clowney focus more on being a pass rusher. Um, be a, this was going to be his chance to kind of prove it that if he would be that elite level player. And it's just. You just flip it because he didn't show up to camp. You knew he wasn't going to show up to camp. Why would he? Why would he risk it? And you could even see it throughout the preseason as they were talking. Like Bill O'Brien's demeanor when he was talking about Clowney. And at some point, I don't know. My guess, and this will kind of bridge us into the next part of it, is – At some point, somebody brought up, well, what about Laramie Townsell for Clowney? Originally, they wanted to try and trade. The Dolphins wanted BMAC, obviously.
0: Um, Thank God we dodged the bullet on that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, BMAC and Clowney are the two types of players that if you wanted to put in a New England-style defense quickly. They're perfect. Those are the two keystone players you would look for. So, obviously, Flores down in down in Miami, looks at us, and we do have a little bit of depth at linebackers. Was, was like, well, let's try let's try and flip. My guess is he tried to tr- flip Tunzel for BMAC and was trying to get some trade picks out of it. At some point, they got kind of twisted into, let's try and kill two birds at one stone. The Texans were like, if you take Clowney, we take Tunzel. There we go. Everybody's happy. Uh, Clowney will get... Go to a new team. Bill O'Brien gets the left tackle that we so desperately need. And, of course, Clowney decided he didn't want to go to Miami. He wanted to stay in Houston. He wanted to stay on a team that has a chance to win, which in of itself shows that Clowney has a lot more care than he gets accused of. And, oh, man. I'm I'm going to be heartbroken about Clowny. We'll probably still continue to talk about Clowny for for a long time. I hate to say it.
0: Well, I I was thinking John, I think I think our infatuation and love for Clowny, I think deserves a a weekly segment. I think <laughs> I know honestly I was clowny, thinking about the it clowny today.
1: chronicles at the end of every instead of a the league I, we'll just do the, something about Clowny. I mean, well, we
0: just we we both are invested in Clowney emotionally to where we're going to watch him play in Seattle anyways. And there's no reason to not talk about him. He had a great five years here and, you know, uh, it it sucks. I was, I honestly, I was, I I was, I was this close today and the Tunsil trade had nothing to do with this. I was this close today to not wanting to ever do the podcast again. I gave up every, 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 I I didn't care to watch the team. I was online looking for a Saints jersey to wear to the event on on Monday. Uh, I was extremely frustrated. I was extremely frustrated. I lost a ton of faith in this in this franchise, and I still lost a ton of faith. And, and It's it's funny because the Tunsil trade happened. Everybody seemed to forget that the clowny deal happened, and to me that's just a shame, because one one good move doesn't cancel out another bad move.
1: The you know, only person that has ever that has said something about why both trades may need have had to happen. And the only person that would actually get me to, to respect his opinion on it is Texans cap. Um, He made a comment about everybody always talks about the salary cap, but they forget about the actual working cash that each team has.
0: Yeah. I read, I read all that.
1: So he's the only one, I think his comment, his little, his little string about it is what has actually simmered me down a little bit. Maybe it, it was just making the math work with two defensive or two pass rushers at over over 100 million how do you make that work get a franchise left tackle sign Deshaun and just keep the team together um, even yeah but we, at the end
0: of the day at the end of the day we still could have traded him next offseason so it really would not have mattered he would have came off the books next year anyways so we still could have done it We still could have maximized his value. And and that's the problem.
1: You know, I'm sitting here rooting for one of those two players coming over to have like a bone spur or a stuck toe or something. I don't disagree. I think that if they really wanted to make it work, they could have. They just weren't. He didn't want to. He just didn't want to.
0: He didn't want to because he's an arrogant fucking prick what a bull down to.
1: I think it comes down – well, I think part of it is Merciless showed enough and emotions got in the way and they liked what they see with the tandem of Merciless and Watt working together. I think that – We've seen that though. We know. We knew that beforehand. We knew that coming into the season.
0: We've seen Whitney and Watt. We know. That should not be a surprise to this team. That's such a cop-out. We've seen these two pass rushers on the same team before. We've seen them play together. If you don't think that that can't work now, then you're a fucking idiot and you shouldn't be coaching our team. We know what Merck has. We know what Watt has. That's not a fucking excuse.
1: I'm just trying to... Again, I'm just trying... I'm trying to simmer down. Like I've, I've we ruined. stay
0: positive, John, but at the end of the day, this is a shitty move and it's a fucking, It's an awful one done by the franchise. We come on here every week. We try to. We try to... We try to let the sun shine as often as possible. We we paint the roses every week, and we do a really good job of being 100%. There's nothing wrong with us saying that this was a fucking awful move by the franchise, and it, it they just made a dumb decision. We're going to look know, back in 10 years and say they made a dumb decision.
1: You know, we have about a year and a half worth of uh – Podcast of me bringing you around to this side of the argument. (laughs) That doesn't matter. I'm I'm just laughing. I'm just just laughing at it. I'm just taking a moment because I'm the one that should be having this. I'm the one that should be having a meltdown, and I'm doing my absolute best to keep it together. And you're having. I'm not even
0: melting down. (laughs) I'm fucking disappointed. I'm I'm totally disappointed. I am utterly disappointed in this franchise and what they did. I'm super fucking pissed because it makes no sense. And this is the problem. These types of trades happen when you don't have a fucking general manager that can see three years down the fucking road. Right. That's the problem. That's the biggest problem with this entire situation. We're only this only happened because we don't have a general manager.
1: Right. We, this we've got a we've got a cap guy and an emotional yeah, we're four guys. Right. We've got a cap guy and an emotional head coach essentially making and then we have a chaplain.
0: And then we have Jack Easterby fucking po- posting motivational quotes <laughs> all around the fucking uh, office saying, you know what? If, if Guess what, Bill? It is what it is, Bill.
1: And we're going to be all right. You see? right. We're going to be all right, Bill. This was motivated by the cap guy and the head coach. You've got a pissed off head coach and you've got a, a bean counter. And there was nobody strong enough to step in and tell them, y'all, this is, this is not the best idea.
0: And I applaud Brian Gain. From everything I'm hearing, he did not like Bill O'Brien's approach and he stood up to Bill O'Brien. If that's true, good for Brian Gain. He this dude got a terrible rap for B, while he was here. No, no, no. About not no. hold on, let me finish let's before you.
1: Gain. We're in the No, let me finish. Let,
0: let me finish before we get there.
1: Well, I'm gonna let me finish.
0: Okay. That's fine. I understand what you're gonna say. We didn't sign left tackles, we didn't sign Trent Brown. We didn't sign Nate Soldier. We didn't trade up and get Dillard. We didn't do all these things. I totally agree. He he messed up that entire situation. But why the fuck were we in that position in the first place? Was it Brian Gaines' fault that we didn't sign Ben Jones, Brandon Brooks, and Dwayne Brown? If you're asking a general manager to rebuild your entire offensive line in one season, guess what? It's very fucking hard to do. Most teams don't do it. So if that's what he was Hired to do and was given 13, 14 months to do it.
1: It's a, it's, it's impossible to do. You can't. You see, my problem with Brian Gain, and I'm not gonna, I cannot defend him because we're in this mess because he was too much of a pussy to actually do something.
0: That's such bullshit, John. You I know, know that? that. He, didn't, the,
1: he didn't do anything. That's why he got fired. Right. But and who he did was, do
0: something to put us in this position. Bill O'Brien or Brian Gain? Rick Smith. No, do we? No. Brandon Brooks had an issue with fucking Bill O'Brien. He did not want us to be there. That's Bill O'Brien. Another emotional fucking decision by Bill O'Brien. Maybe he didn't have the choice to sign him or not, but he pissed off Brandon Brooks enough to not want to be there. Brandon Brooks was homegrown talent by this team. There's no reason for him not to want to be here. Rick Smith penny pinched for Ben Jones. He thought that we could get, what's his name, Tony Bergstrom and Jeff Allen to replace Brandon Brooks and our fucking center. Dwayne Brown... Bill O'Brien could have stepped in and said, hey, uh, guess what, guys? Um, This season that we're going to trade him to Seattle, we just drafted a franchise fucking quarterback that in the six games he started was electric, and we
1: probably shouldn't trade this guy. Is that wrong? I don't want to defend Bill O'Brien. I'm just saying that the fact that we are in this mess where Bill O'Brien has this sort of control is because our GM that we just had didn't do anything. But here's what I do appreciate about all this. I do appreciate the aggressiveness. I do appreciate him recognizing roster holes that everyone can see. And he's actually trying to do something about it. What I do not appreciate is that same impulse to anger that he had when he wanted to bench um, or he wanted to cut Mallet before a football game and leave us with one quarterback before the Dolphins game, that we ended up getting our ass was trashed anyways, he's now in control. So we rely way too much on these emotional butthurt reactions, and that's why we don't have Clowney. So I agree with you on that. But I'm All not going to defend Brian game. I don't want to defend Bill O'Brien. I think that we've made two huge mistakes in the leadership of our franchise, and we need to get somebody else in there.
0: Well, all I'm saying is we were in Nate Soldier, we were in on Roger Saffold, we were in on Trent Brown. I really don't know what you expected Brian Gang to do if he was in there and he was trying, but yet
1: we didn't get the guys. Like, wh- where else was he supposed to pull tackles from? Be more aggressive with, with his offers. Be more aggressive on draft day. I mean... They made him the highest paid tackle in Oakland.
0: And and you both, you and I both know how that's going to work out with Trent Brown. We both know that he was just not even, he was below average in San Francisco, went with Dante Skarniecki, became a good left tackle, and guess what? When he goes to Oakland, he's probably going to be a fucking turnstile, just like Nate Soldier was. They turn offensive linemen. Is that accurate or inaccurate? No,
1: that's absolutely accurate. You don't want to trust the Patriots offensive linemen because it's Bill, it's,
0: it's Bill, Bill Belichick. That's the way he does it. Tom Brady and Dante Skarnecki. And
1: Skarnecki. Between the three of them, they're able to make any offensive lineman a lot better.
0: But, right. But if we would have signed Trent, if we would have signed him, right? Let me ask you: If we would have signed him, and he would have came here and blown, and been worse than what we had, who would have been at fault?
1: Well, if we had signed Trent, then we'd had a different draft pick. And right, which we would be in a worse place than we are. These are all. Like, butterfly scenario.
0: But you're talking about Brian Gaines, right. that's why I'm asking.
1: but he would have at least done something.
0: Okay, so if he would have wasted $74 million and we would have been in the same but position, he was at least we would have at least said, hey, thank he you for would trying. Least,
1: right, but he, he would have at least been trying to improve the offensive line.
0: But didn't he do that in the draft? Is it his fault that after he left, we moved our tackle that we drafted at 23 to guard? And the same with our second pick to guard?
1: He didn't do that. Bill O'Brien did that. And yet, we have no tackle. But, but whose fault is that, I guess,
0: is what if, I'm asking. We drafted if, a tackle. We drafted two, and they're both if playing guard. The guards.
1: that we drafted can't play tackle, and they have to play guard. We still need a tackle. And I don't, okay, dis- but, and I don't disagree. John. And I actually don't disagree with developing. Tackle's at the guard because less, there's less complexities that they have to learn. They more or less just have to learn how to hit somebody. Sure. But if you're going to have that sort of plan, there's either a breakdown of communication when he was drafted um, or
0: we can't develop offensive tackles or which we haven't done.
1: That's what they're trying to do. And I, again, we haven't. Are they? Well, are they? It's when we talk about development. It's is it the player or is it the coaches? You know, it's, it's both. Well, yeah, it is both. They got to they got to be put in a position to succeed. And they've also got to be players capable of succeeding. Right. We don't know that. We don't
0: know. We haven't seen enough of Titus at tackle to say that. No, he can't. We've seen Dillard. We've seen other tackles taken in the first round. But we haven't seen ours. We've seen them in a couple snaps. What I'm saying is, is you're asking Brian Gain to rebuild an entire offensive line in one offseason. And I don't understand how any GM is going to do that outside of just trading for a ton of pit or a ton of fucking players. I guess that's what I'm trying to understand is I get it. Bill O'Brien's being aggressive, he's filling holes, he's getting the thing. Great, I love all that. But why are we here in the first place? And the fact that that can just be forgotten because now we have a tackle is insane to me. Do you think Because we shouldn't be here. Who's forgetting anything on this? Everybody. Every, you, part of this conversation has been that because you, you didn't want to stand up for Brian Gain, but yet he did everything he could outside Brian of sending Trent be, Brown and Nate Soldier.
1: Brian Gain did not do everything he could.
0: So he didn't try to re- start, sign had Roger
1: Staple? all this
0: cap room. We, okay. Uh, where, where, we, where was this supposed to go, though, if there's no players to sign?
1: You bid on the players. You give them contracts. There you, are and players how, do to contracts. There are, how do you know that, that he didn't? How do you know that he didn't? didn't land any of them. That doesn't mean that we he didn't. We were always close, but we never landed them. So either he doesn't know how to negotiate, he just gave him one number, and that's what it is is what it is, or that he wasn't going to be aggressive enough to actually follow through. Like if we lost that, we lost out on Staffold by like three million, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. The rumor was it was between two and three million that the Titans offered him more than us. Now I can completely understand Trent Brown not wanting to make him the highest-paid player in the league. However, with Titus Howard, if they decided that was the draft pick we wanted, why couldn't we move back a couple of spots? Or why couldn't we move how up? Did we know he'd be there? there. Or how could we? How come we couldn't move up a couple of spots and go get Dillard? Because
0: maybe they didn't like Dillard as much as they liked Howard. And and it's still unknown. Five years from now, we won't know
1: until then we won't know. They could still be right. And if the plan I don't you see, here's drafting Howard at this point makes no sense to me because if they're gonna go out and trade for Tunsil, does that mean we're gonna leave Howard at guard forever? I don't care. And
0: if he's great at guard, leave him at guard. Maybe he'll play right. I don't know.
1: I'm just – I cannot defend Brian game And I cannot defend Bill O'Brien. Right now, I honestly think – here's the thing. The Texans, end of the day today, they are a better team than they were yesterday. However,
0: could they oh, – On one side of the ball.
1: However, they could have been a much better team than they were yesterday. And they could have been in a much better position going forward than they currently are. Because a lot of what was done and what's even more frustrating than losing Clowney was how short-sighted all this was. So ended up paying premium prices for things that were just absolutely not necessary to do. If Clowney was actually traded... You know, before, before the draft. Well, not even necessarily before the draft. Before the July 15th where a team can negotiate for him.
0: Well, yeah, before the draft because we would have needed those players this year. So getting draft That's, picks back, that would have helped us. He right. needed to be traded before the draft.
1: And, yeah, it's <laughs> – I don't want to talk about clown anymore. I just, I just don't. I'm more likely to – it's just bullshit. It's just absolute bullshit. It was poorly handled, mismanaged. This front office is in catch-up mode. There's apparently a lot of things that – this is what it absolutely looks like. There was things that Bill O'Brien wanted Brian to do. He didn't do them, and now Bill O'Brien's trying to do them all in two weeks. So we've overpaid for a running back, and I like Duke Johnson. I think he'll be a great running back, but we overpaid for him.
0: Well, we may not have now. Now that Lamar Miller's out, it actually may end up – it's funny. People keep saying we overpaid, but we don't know that now. I mean, he's never been in a lead back role. He can end up being a great running back, and then we look at him and we're like, holy shit, I can't believe we only played a trade of the third for him. It's the NFL. Shit like that happens all the time. So in a a vacuum, yes, it looks like we overpaid because he's a pass-catching running back that, you know, is okay running the ball. But who knows? He might be better than that for us. that's the part when it comes to these trades and draft picks that people tend to forget is until we see a full year, we don't really know. And we could have gotten a good pick or a good a good running back for the third pick. I don't know. He might be the future back for us. Maybe Most likely not, but maybe. Crazier fucking things have happened. Undrafted guys come out of nowhere. So I just think that today... Was just one of those days where, like, you sit back as a Texans fan and you're just like, what a shit show. And this all comes back to us not having a GM. Whether it's Brian Gain or if we would have hired somebody else. If we would have hired somebody else, even not not being Nick Casario, today still would have been a better day because we would have had a plan for everything. And that's part of the problem is we didn't have a plan, so we're scrambling.
1: Well, actually, I don't think it's scrambling. I think it's the exact opposite. I think Bill O'Brien was set on doing certain things and nothing was going to stop him.
0: Okay, we're still scrambling.
1: Just look at look at how much we gave up for Tunsil. He absolutely fell in love with him. and I and I like Tunsil. I think that that's going to be long term. He's going to be a a huge benefit to the team. I think that Kenny Stills is a great receiver, and our offense right now is a lot stronger than it was yesterday. And we're gonna. All in all, like our team. Is stronger than it was yesterday. However, we do still have the huge glaring weakness in our secondary. And that's – now we don't really have the resources to fix it. Like we're not going to be able to bring in – if Roby or Lonnie Johnson don't turn into something, and they, they have the capability, there's potential there, but if they don't turn into something, we have no way of fixing our secondary at this point. So we've got to hope that both of these guys – play to their potential or at least one of them does and if it's V, we got to somehow figure out that's where our franchise tag next year is going
0: hmm fun yeah i think that's another but part of we probably one. That, well i mean we could draft from the second is next year right not this year or the not next draft but
1: the draft right next we, have draft. Three, we have a three we have four third round picks next year and a second rounder yeah. so we can still move up it's not like we're literally canceling the draft uh, with this regime. When have, we, when have we drafted a quality third rounder other than Justin Reed, who should have never been a third rounder?
0: No, agreed. I think that's another thing that frustrates me about the whole clowny thing, and we'll get off Connie and move on, but is just the fact that you're taking another pass rusher off a team that has just a ton of question marks in the secondary. So you're really not helping that secondary out by losing a pass rusher like Clowney. So I don't know. Anyways, um let's get into tunsil. So we traded for Lermy Tunsil, next year's uh first round pick, the year after that's first round pick, and the year after that's uh or and then the 2020 first round pick, 2021 1st round pick, and two thousand twenty one second round pick. And uh, we got back a fifth in two thousand twenty one, I believe. And uh Lermy Tunsil and Kenny Stills. Um I mean, great, you know.
1: We also sh- awesome. sent Davenport and oh. Batamosi over. Yeah, Um dying over here. Yeah, hear that. <laughs> You're going to be all right. I'm going to grab some more water. Keep going. And so the full details of the trade, it's a huge trade. We send over first two first-rounders, a second-rounder, and two players, uh, Batamosi and Davenport. We get back. Two players, Tunsil and Kenny Stills. And then we also get, I believe, a seventh round pick as well. So huge, huge trade. This is essentially been explained to me. Um, there's kind of like a formula that NFL or pro football outsiders or NFL outsiders use. And with that, they're saying that we're essentially paying – Laramie Tunsil next year between 30 and $45 million per year, depending on what type of extension he signs, because of the amount of value that we gave up to give, get him. So while I, I like I Tunsil as a, as a player, like this is a guy that has top left tackle potential. Last year, he only gave up two sacks. He's incredibly athletic. The only reason that he dropped as far as he did in the draft is because we all know about the bong video, and so he smokes a little bit of weed. We don't really care. He's going to be a, a great tackle. They can Him and Watson can play together for the next five to ten years, no problem. And they should be able to grow and develop to each other, and he should be the anchor for our offensive line. However, we're paying him a shit ton of money, but that's he—he he has all the leverage in the world. We gave up two first-round picks for him. He's granted he does have two years left on his contract, but probably within a week or two, he's going to get extended because of what we gave up for him. There's no way we could ever risk him being leaving for free, leaving for free agency in any form or fashion.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I really don't care what we gave up to get him. Um, if anything, and I was trying to put together an article, I just couldn't put, bring myself to do it, but basically about how Texans fans rejoiced when Andrew Luck retired, but maybe they shouldn't have, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that Deshaun was in a very similar situation that Andrew Luck was in that kind of put him in the situation he was in to retire. Uh, we saw last year, I mean, we all know about the injuries and the amount of hits and sacks that Deshaun took, some is on his own accord, and, and some because the offensive line was abysmal, I I don't care that we gave up two first round picks. I don't care about the second round pick. Um, You know, there's been a lot of talk about tackles being the most endangered species in the NFL. Starting left tackles and right tackles, and it's true. If you just look around the NFL, there's just not enough of them. And even though next year is supposedly going to be like the the best offensive line draft in like the last 20 years, supposedly, early draft scouts are saying that. Um, at the end of the day, you're getting a guy who's already developed and is already a top ten tackle, um, which makes me feel better because that just means that we don't have to develop, which is the scary part about drafting any offensive lineman on this team until Mike well, Devlin's gone.
1: According to Lance Zierlein, whom when it comes to te- when it comes to offensive line, I pretty much take everything he says for gospel. There's nobody in next year's draft class, which is supposed to be the strongest one. Of the past um four years, it's the deepest, but there's nobody on Tunsil's level, yeah, so if we mm-hmm. if he was coming out next year, he would absolutely be the top pick in the draft, other than you know the quarterbacks and he was a good enough prospect that he still got drafted in the
0: round by the way, yeah after that, that video,
1: oh yeah, he was still taking like a pick twelve, yeah so dudes. Dude's going to be a solid tackle.
0: That's what I'm He's saying. going to
1: be set with him. Like, I, I can care less what we
0: gave up. I really don't. Like, at the end of the day, if you have, if you have 10 years of Laramie Tunsil, if you only have eight years, we needed to do something to protect Deshaun Watson. And, yes, it might look like a lot, but if this puts more life on the career of Deshaun Watson, then you made the right decision. And that's what we did. I would did.
1: actually argue that this – Tra- I mean, the trade is less about what we gave up for Tunsil. It's more of an investment into Watson.
0: Well, either way, however you want to spin that's,
1: it, to- that's that's how I would how I would look at it. We didn't give up an additional two first round picks just for a tackle. We gave up an additional two first round picks to get a couple more years out of our franchise quarterback.
0: Which is fine. That's I mean, that's why you protect him. So I mean, absolutely. either way, however you spin my, it, it's the same thing.
1: My only concern though is we are now going to go. Four out of five years without a first-round pick.
0: I don't care. Which is I don't care. I
1: don't care. That I mean that's
0: the that is I mean we like you said we have four thirds if we really need and, and a second if we need to move up we have the we have the ammunition to be able to do it plus that you know after next year we'll have the year after that's draft picks to be able to take and use to move up if we need to if there's a position of need that we need to address we can do it um, we also have a ton of cap space that could offset the loss of draft fix as well. So um I don't I don't think we're in a bad position. <clears throat> it was something we needed to do. But will I what I will say is don't think for a second that this offensive line is fixed because you added Lermy Tunsil. It's not the way the offense. Well
1: now it'll be the now it'll be will the coaches put the mm-hmm. best players actually out and there. And that's the question. That that's- I swear I swear if we're three weeks in and Nick Martin is still starting over Fulton at center
0: well, he might be if Nick Martin's uh, turf toe lasts any longer. So, But at the, the end of the day, Fulton. yeah, Fulton, that's what I'm saying, if his, if his tur- sur- turf toe ends up keeping him off. And we've seen turf toes last four to six weeks before. So um, at, at the end of the day, this line isn't fixed. Like I'm seeing it all over Twitter. Like <laughs> Super Bowl, here we come, line's fixed. Top 15 offensive line. No, not yet. This, we still don't know what we have at Howard at We've seen good things. He looks like a good player. He looks solid. He looks like he's going to be a guy. But he's also going to be going against top NFL talent, not scrimmages, every week. It's going to be a little different. Nick Martin is the biggest question mark still on this. It, you know, and that says a ton, John, that Nick Martin is the biggest question mark when you have Central Henderson as your right tackle.
1: Yeah, well, Henderson is just kind of is what he is. I, don't, I, think you, I think you
0: missed that. What I'm saying is, is Nick Martin by this year should not be a question mark. And the only question no, mark I, we should have on this team right now on the offensive line is Central Henderson. But he's not even the biggest question mark. Nick Martin still in year four is the biggest question mark on the offensive line.
1: Right. And Central Henderson kind of is what he is. He's a physical freak. But you never know if he's going to stay healthy and you don't know if it's all going to click. But Nick Martin – I don't even. Dude looked absolutely lost this preseason. He was bad, bad, bad towards the end of last year. Now he's shown streaks where he looks like he's going to be a quality player, but average at this at point, best, well, average quality, whatever. I mean, that's all we're really we're all we're really shooting for. We don't need to have a pro bowl a pro bowl center. We just need to have a quality center.
0: Well, yeah, but see, you were talking I mean, about Brian right Gain earlier, the, and and you know when we had when I had Rivers on. I think it was one week you were out and we were talking about free agency and who we'd like to target. Me and him both wanted, Matt Paradise. Right. And
1: and I agreed with you at that time, too.
0: And that that's the area where I look at and say, like, that's where we failed, is like that area. We could have signed a center. There were two good centers in this free agency that we could have signed that well, we didn't.
1: We have the second highest grade center from Pro... Football focus from two years ago on our roster. Yeah, but
0: is Bill O'Brien going to let his ego continue to get in the way, or are we going to put out the best five players on the line? And well, we've been saying this since since training camp started. Right. Is it, it going to be the five best, or is it? I mean, Nick Martin came in and immediately started in in, in week three of the preseason. It wasn't even earned. That told me everything. Nick Martin's your starting center. That's it. I know. That's it. I don't know why people think it's Why are going you to yelling
1: change. at me? I can't change it.
0: It's, I just don't <laughs> understand why people think it's going to change. It's not. Zach Fulton's not going to get in any competition or be able to compete for the center spot. What is, what is Bill O'Brien shown us to make us think that that's going to happen?
1: Let's not worry. Nick Martin will get hurt here shortly. Anyway. I hope so. That's our, That's the best shot. That's the best shot.
0: I hope he gets turf toe. That way it's not that bad of an injury. And then Fulton comes together and shows that he can play, Sharping at guard, Howard at guard, and Fulton ends up being our center. And then you have your center taken care of for the next four or five years, too. Ideal scenario. I hate Nick Martin. He's the new, he's the new Tyron Matthew. I can't stand him. His smug little face, and then he can't fucking play football. Like, what was that on the first play where he stepped back six steps? instead of engaging in a blocker
1: yeah you got me dude I I have no uh, idea he just like I said it looks like he forgot how to play football he forgot how to get hit
0: and like he was I, supposed
1: it, to have that he was supposed to bring the main streak to our line he and he looks clueless and he can't combo block and he can't zone block and there's times where he's shown again he's okay as a power blocker, but that's about it. He never has been able to get up to the second level with his blocking. And then Zach Fulton comes in, and granted it was a preseason game, but he looked really good. And even um, Mance, Greg Mance, he's looked fantastic as a pass blocker. So it feels like there's better options on the roster and they're still waiting for this potential from Nick Martin to just bloom. And I don't know if it's because of his last name or if it's because of something they saw on the tape in college. Castor, or if we'll it's just him. because he was – or if it's just because he's a second-round pick and this team is ridiculous with draft picks. Don't even get me on to the fact that Xavier Crawford made the team. The only reason that some of these people are still around is because they're a draft. Draft picks. Other players have, out, have outplayed them. And – they just give the benefits of the doubt if you're a draft pick, and with Martin, it has to also be his name.
0: So that's what I'm saying. You just literally, you you just said it. What makes us think that it's going to be any different this year with Fulton and Martin? There isn't. There's no reason. There's no. There's no facts in the in the past that make us think that that's a chance. When when we saw when I saw just like you when I saw the clowny stuff and it was Justin Britton, uh, Afeddy, I wasn't thrilled about Afeddy, but he was better than any tackle that we had. So that would have been nice. But Justin Britt, to me, was like, oh, shit, that's very interesting. I would have rather had just Britt on his own and not Mingo and Martin in the third. If we would have traded Clowney just for Britt, I'd still I'd feel better today about what we got back than what we got back.
1: No, I agree. And I, I agree 100%. But we have a tackle, which is great.
0: I applaud Bill O'Brien for going out and getting them. Um, we needed him, and he's gonna be he's gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic, but still there's still question marks on the line hopefully hopefully uh you know if if Henderson does get hurt and doesn't or doesn't end up playing well, hopefully Roger Johnson can slide to the right.
1: yeah we bringing in tonsil is a huge huge boost to our depth again. We should be able to get to at least – we should have a middle-to-average offensive line. Hopefully they figure out what to do with Martin because that's – right now that's going to be the anchor.
0: I'd say 22. Once, uh, I'm guessing 22. Yeah, that's where we'll finish at an offensive line.
1: And we're going to get absolutely worked our first week, though. It's so I'm not, too about, I'm not too excited about the Saints game because we are going to get Absolutely worked. Maybe. No, we are. <laughs> we absolutely are. Maybe. It's it's going to be awful. I don't know. However, I hope we're about two or three weeks in, this offense is going to start scoring points like we've never seen in Houston. So, that'll be fun. It's just we'll, we'll be able to stop anybody. I mean, Kenny, Kenny Stills is a great player. He's, He's a, still your fifth. Fourth, at best. Fourth. He'll probably be our fourth. But... I mean, he gives us Will Fuller insurance. He's not as fast. He's not as good as Will Fuller, but he does the same sort of things that Will Fuller does. Plus, he can also play slot. He's just he's an excellent route runner. He is really fast, but he's just not Will Fuller fast. So having that sort of depth at receivers, a big bonus. We've got to hug and pray to everything that you hold holy that Watt and Merciless stay healthy, because after that, though, we don't have any sort of pass rush. And... There's a lot of what ifs in our secondary still. Our safeties are straight. Our safeties are are going to be good. Our linebackers are good, but rushing the passer, I'm a little bit nervous about. And we're not supposed to. That wasn't supposed to be the thing that we're supposed to be nervous about. Yeah. Yeah. It's still. And no one gives And no one really gives a shit about Carlos Hyde. He's whatever. He's here so we don't run Johnson into the ground. Duke Johnson will.
0: Or our boy Buddy Howe made it. He'll be our
1: primary running back. He won't be our. He won't be our. He won't be a feature back, but he'll be our primary back.
0: Buddy How made it. Maybe. Maybe, maybe our, let, maybe maybe our let boy. Him run. Maybe our boy finally gets some fucking carries.
1: You know that I would have. Carlos Hyde. I. That's just Bill. I don't even know. I think Carlos, Carlos Hyde, Hyde is. can't even pass by it. He can't even pass protect, but. He's essentially like Garrett Blunt from a, two years ago. Yeah, he, he's not. Three up. years ago, four years ago, I'm fuck. I'm getting old. Did Alfred
0: Blues make the Jags
1: team? I don't know. Um, I did not. I was not. I was one of those pl- people not on the blue watch because I'm just going to go optimistically that he's not coming back.
0: Well, at this point, to be honest with you, John, I feel like <laughs> I hate to say this, but <laughs> if he did get cut, Alfred Blue would probably be our best option behind Duke Johnson.
1: Yeah, but my fear would be he would try to use him over Duke Johnson. He might. Duke Johnson, I, Duke Johnson is an – I think that he's going to do amazing things for us this year. I'm just going to put that out there that I think Duke Johnson will be absolutely amazing for us this year. All we need is somebody that we can literally run into the back of our offensive linemen on short, short yardage and – to give Duke Johnson a breather because I think they're going to have him running all over the place in space, or at least God, I hope so. As you've seen Bill O'Brien do it in the past, not with the Texans, unfortunately, but he has done it in the past with other running backs and other running back pairings. Hopefully he finally has a pair here that he'll use correctly. God only help us.
0: Yeah. Um all right, so uh, we we flipped just so everybody's aware. We flipped Martinez Rankin for Carlos Hyde. Uh, both players were going to get cut by the opposing team. Um, I'm really disappointed that we cut Rankins. I'm really disappointed in the in the whole way that we we handled Rankins. I, I would have. This is going to sound silly, and people will kill me, but I would have rather kept Rankins over Mance and given him a shot to play at center and guard. Um, not because I don't think Mance is good. I just think that the ceiling is higher with Rankins and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rankins ends up being a player in Kansas city. Um, so, and considering you invested a third round pick for a team that values draft picks and where they're taken, um, to throw in the towel so quickly on Martinez Rankins to me, was just, um, I, I would say that that was probably the shock of all the cuts just because even though it was a trade, um, you don't give up on talent that quickly, especially when you fucked up their development. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, you you could single-handedly point to this team as the reason why he wasn't any good. And I I just, I guess I I would have, especially when the team doesn't have a good offensive line, I just, I don't see it, but whatever, you know. I'll tell you what, it's going to suck if Davenport ends up being a good left tackle in Miami because they can develop him. Or at least an above-average tackle, and Martinez ends up being a good guard. Um, it's going to be—it's just going to be interesting to see. Uh, all right, I think that's it for the trades. Or, oh no, no, no! Uh, this yeah, so this uh, the the corner we got from um, New England. Oh God, what's his name? Um, yeah, Keon Keon in a, a backup slot, um, which the team needed. Uh, gave up a six-round pick. Uh, New England had a ton of depth at the cornerback position. They've done really well in that position. They traded another guy. I, I forgot who he traded him to. Miami? No.
1: Oh, I don't even – I I don't know who the Duke other Dawson. guy they traded. It didn't involve the Texans. Was it, was, much it was a Duke off. Dawson,
0: uh, but I forgot who, who, who traded him. I don't know. Anyways, but, yeah, but, so we traded we traded for for Keon Crossin. Uh He's a backup slot, 5'10", 185. Um, he's been in the league for two years.
1: He apparently profiles as Johnson Badamosi, but can actually cover.
0: And he's very good on special teams, yes.
1: Yeah. So, no, 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 that's kind of the point. Like, he's primarily a special teams player, but he's shown a lot of ability to cover. Um, so he's shown, he's developed quicker than... He developed quicker than most people in New England thought he would, based on what I, the little bit that I've read on him. However, they just ran out of space for developmental players because they're New England, and New England just has players out.
0: There. Oh, yeah. you know what? Here, you know, we were talking about them having to make another move. Um, Johnson, Bedimose, and Julian Davenport are still on this active roster, so once those two are traded, we'll add Tunsil and Stills, and we'll be at fifty-three. So. Um, all right, let's go through this, this, uh, the, t- the roster real quick. Um, and just, oh, LaShawn McCoy signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course he did. Uh, all right, let's start at the top um, by position. So Nick Martin makes the team, Zach Fulton makes the team, Greg Mance makes the team, center slash guards. Any thoughts on the three that made the team?
1: No, not really any, any surprise.
0: No, kind of expected. All right, cornerback group, uh, Aaron Colvin, uh, Xavier Crawford, Keon Crossan, Lonnie Johnson, Jonathan Joseph, and Bradley Roby. Um, I know you're surprised about Xavier, Xavier Crawford, um, but outside of that, I mean, that cornerback that group is um, – there's a ton of question marks around the cornerback group. I don't think we know what we have. I think we know that Lonnie's a player. He's going to have rookie mistakes. Uh, Bradley Roby's getting acclimated to a new system, and then J. Joe's probably playing his last year. Um, as long as they let Roby play man,
1: we'll be okay.
0: Oh, and then Aaron Aaron Colvin as well. So, I mean, look if Colvin, Roby, and Johnson can, if they can just be okay, they can be average.
1: I hate to, that that's like the bar, but um, just be average. Well, we've got enough talent that if we have certain position groups just be average, we're okay. That's what we kind of – everybody's kind of forgetting while we're all melting down. But –
0: Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, so so Xavier Crawford uh, is the surprise, but not too much of a surprise given where we drafted him. Um, He was really the only other shot to be the sixth cornerback. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Defensive line – Angelo Baxton expected. Charles Menahue expected. Carlos Watkins expected. JJ Watt expected. DJ Reader expected.
1: No, no question. Uh, Watkins over Heath was kind of
0: a surprise. Watkins over Heath? Yeah, I, I think. But again, yeah. go back to like draft capital, right? Like we drafted right. Carlos. Joel Heath was an undrafted guy. Um, so I don't see too much of it. I don't even think I had Heath making our our team originally. Um, and then fullback. I mean, Colin Gillespie. We expected that they they invested a pick into a fullback. We needed a fullback last year. Um, it's going to help out a ton. He can catch the ball as well. Nothing really to worry about. Uh, Senior Calamete. I think he's probably. I think I I chose Rankins. I think over Calamete on my final three. You did. Um, I still think that that would have been the right decision, but uh, you know, senior Kellum. He wasn't awful last year. He just was hurt a lot. If he can, if he can stay on the field, we'll be fine. Um, linebackers. This is where things got scary for me today. Is when there were rumors that Bernardrick McKinney was involved in the Miami trade, or rumors that he was involved, or at least wanted. And I, I think we could have afforded to lose BMAC, but I am glad that we didn't lose BMAC. So your, starting line, or your four linebackers are inside linebackers, Zach Cunningham, Peter Columbay, Bernardrick McKinney, and Dylan Cole. I don't think there's really any surprise there. Uh, I think some were shocked that Tyrell Adams didn't make the team, but I, I think we've all liked Columbay.
1: Yeah, no. Callum Body is a solid, solid player. Like we, middle linebacker is a place of strength for the team. It's up there with the uh, tight ends. There's. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're, we're pretty, pretty set there. there, so. No complaints. Yeah, uh, no Kaimi, complaints there. Kai made no, it. no real surprises there. No
0: surprise. John Weeks made it, obviously. Uh, Brandon Dunn, the other nose tackle, <clears throat> and then outside linebackers are Whitney Merciless, Brendan Scarlet. Uh, Jacob Martin and Barkevius Mingo, whatever. Like, <clears throat> I, I don't want to get into Mingo or Martin right now, so that's fine. Uh, Whitney and, obviously, Scarlett, we knew we were going to make the team. Uh, the punter battle, we chose Trevor Daniels over uh, Brian Anger. I, I, I don't really know why there's a surprise here. Uh, a younger leg, uh, got, go- got better, uh, has chemistry with John Weeks, which is needed for special teams, field goals. I don't think that they wanted to just go with another punter change, uh, especially after the beginning of the year where Trevor Trevor struggled on holding, um, and then he he fixed it towards the end of the season. So I think that that was probably the reasoning for keeping Trevor over Brian. Um, But I don't know. Any thoughts on?
1: No. Brian Anger, the only thing he had going for him was he had the bigger leg. Yeah. And it wasn't by that much because Trevor Daniel had a pretty good year last year. So.
0: Uh, Joe Webb got hurt, was put on the IR. Our quarterbacks right now are AJ McCarron and of course the chosen one, Deshaun Watson. No shock there. Poor Joe Webb. Um, he'll be missed for sure. Running backs: Buddy Howell, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Taiwan Jones.
1: You know, I just don't understand Taiwan Jones. I don't know why Jones. <laughs>
0: I don't know why Taiwan and uh, – this is my question. I don't know why Taiwan and Buddy made the team. Like, our third running back plays special teams. Great, fine. Like, that's what we do. But why are both there? Like, why not just have Buddy and have either Higdon or Crockett And try team? and
1: develop one. Uh, I, you know,
0: I don't get it. Right. It's it's surprising. Unless Buddy Howell is the guy that they want to develop, maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, Buddy had a good – he had a good preseason. Um, he showed – the that he has vision, he shows he's able to run the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if Buddy Howell is the surprise on this team this year. I really honestly wouldn't.
1: I hope so. I'm rooting for him. I mean, again, we've been saying it since last year. He's got juice when he runs. They just got to let him run.
0: Um, but, yeah, Tywon Jones, I would assume and, uh, this is just – Pure speculation here, but I would assume Taiwan Jones is probably the next up to get. Cut. I honestly,
1: he may be the Johnson FMC replacement, the guy that pretty much you only keep on the roster just to do special teams. Maybe.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, safety. Uh, it's the group that we all expected Justin Reed, uh, Tashawn Gibson, also known as Gippy. I think that's a great nickname, by the way. Um, Jaheel Adai, and then the uh, second-year uh, safety, A.J. Moore, who was making plays all over the field in training camp. I think it's, I mean, this is what I expected, I believe. I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but I'm pretty sure it was A.J. Moore, Justin Reed, Gippy, and Adai. I think uh, Adai fills that cream role. Uh, Gippy's going to be able to play, you know, a little, little free safety, even though we don't play the typical free safety, strong safety. Um, and then Justin Reed is just, hes your he's your captain on the back end.
1: No, it's a that's a solid group too, our safeties. Yeah. Good mix, good mix of talent. Um Reed gives us the guy that could potentially beat the All-Pro. Everybody knows everything about him and then a lot of complementary pieces have been built around him. Yep.
0: Uh all right. Tackles, Laramie Tunsil, Central Henderson, Titus Howard, Roderick Johnson, Matt Khalil, Max Sharping. Obviously, right now Howard and Sharping are guards. It uh, looks like Matt Khalil will make the team. Um,
1: Honestly, if you're going to say the next man off, I was thinking it would actually be Matt Khalil.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, maybe. I'm wondering if Matt Khalil is going to start Week One, or if they're going to insert Tunsil immediately. To be honest with you, <laughs> I'm wondering if they're just going to.
1: Oh, don't, don't even wish that. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, he maybe Matt's the next to go.
0: He did say he was a starter. Uh, maybe Matt. It's, I think it's either Matt or Taiwan. Either way, whatever. I don't. We don't lose anything with either one of them. Uh, the offensive line group's getting coming together. Uh, you know, a lot is in the hands of H- Howard and Sharping, uh, and then what we do at center. I don't know. People are saying that we're in extension talks with um, Nick Martin. I
1: hope that's not the case. Are we for real? I don't know. <clears throat> what, what are they trying to do to us? I, I just – I don't – I don't under, understand. I I will always – to become a pro football coach, you have to be beyond knowledgeable football. Like, to get to the point where – I'm just at a loss of words because there's sometimes – there's things that the rest of us mere mortals out here can see that it's just how do they not –
0: Well, I guess that's what I'm wondering. Do you really need to be experienced to be an NFL head coach? I could have pulled off that Tunsil trade, and I can tell you that Fulton should be our center. So, I mean, do you really need experience? I know Will Fuller's good, and I know DeAndre's good. (laughs) Throw him the ball. I I don't know. I think we make it a little more complicated than Pond then. (laughs) Uh, All right. So, anyways, that's that's your offensive line. Uh, Tight ends. This is kind of where it gets tricky. (laughs) Not only did we keep four (laughs) – which yeah. everybody was having a hard time justifying. Uh, we kept five. We kept Jarrell Adams. We kept Jordan Aikens, Darren Fells, Jordan Thomas, and Kahali wearing. Uh, Kahali is still in concussion protocol, so maybe he's the guy that's stashed on IR, and then we run with four. Or maybe Jarrell Adams is trade bait for something because I don't see us carrying five when week one begins.
1: There's rumors that there's one more trade it's about to happen.
0: We're not getting Melvin I, Gordon.
1: No, we're not getting Melvin Gordon. It won't be a major trade, but there's rumors that there is one more. So, yeah, I mean, I can't understand why we have five tight ends. I really can't. And that's the thing, though. I like all of them. If you asked me yeah, to count one, first. I couldn't make that decision. I mean, honestly, Adams probably had the best out of all of them. Uh, well, but it. it's playing just preseason.
0: Why was Jordan Thomas playing so deep in the fourth game?
1: His exact answer is he said he wanted to play. He wanted to get better.
0: Mm, that better be the case.
1: Hopefully they weren't right. trying to get more tape on him to shop him. Because yeah. I think that he's the one with the highest upside.
0: I think him or Akins. But, yeah, I think it's I think it's a toss between those two. It's going to be interesting. Um, all right. Then your wide receivers are... DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kiki Q T, DeAndre Carter, Kenny Stills. So we did keep five. Um, I mean it's a it's a solid group when healthy.
1: Yeah, if everybody stays healthy, that's a good looking group. That's a lot of depth which we haven't had. But they got to stay healthy. That's the key. And
0: history shows us that that's not going to happen. Well, hell, it's already show, it's yeah. already showing us week one that that's yeah. likely not going to happen. <laughs> as Kiki's likely not going to play, so
1: I'm just if I was one of those rookie receivers, uh Mitchell, Vincent Smith, or Tyron Johnson, I would be incredibly upset with Brandon Webb and the decision to keep him as our primary quarterback during the preseason. Yo, Joe Webb. That or Joe Webb, I'm sorry. Who
0: the hell's Brandon?
1: I'm, I think I'm I'm making Brandon and Brandon Whedon and Joe Webb. Mm. I'm merging them in my head because I'm honestly surprised because we had that receiver battle that they didn't go out and get Whedon because of the receiver battle. Like we knew what we had in Webb. Like you know. But with those rookie receivers, we had no idea. At the beginning of the year when we had – or beginning of camp when they had McCarron thrown to him and – when Watson was thrown to him, they all looked like they were going to be pretty good players. Like that was the word coming out of camp that one of those guys didn't necessarily make it with us. They would make it with somebody. And all of a sudden you switch out quarterbacks and you got Joe Webb out there. And now all of them are off the roster.
0: Uh, I think, I think one of them will end up I mean, being on the practice squad. if If they're smart, they're, one of them will say yes because they know the injury history that this team has and they could have an opportunity rather quickly. Um, so I would assume I, I am still surprised if Vincent Smith didn't make the team. Um, can he be on the practice squad after playing? Vincent Smith?
1: Yeah, yeah he can.
0: Okay. Maybe it'll be Vincent. Um, but I think with Kenny Stills coming in, it'll probably be Tyron. Um I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. That, there's your final roster. Um
1: Tyron just need he really just needs another year. If he can get snuck onto the practice squad, I think that he could turn into something. But he really needs another year to develop. He should have stayed in school. Yeah. Now I don't uh, know. But he has a lot of talent. I still think he has a lot of talent. I could be wrong. But.
0: Yeah. Well, John, that's uh, that's a recap of the day. This is our last podcast before we uh, the season starts. Any any last thoughts before we close off the close out the off season and go into the
1: regular season? Um, you can do your drops. Do what? Are you gonna do your uh your promos?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just asking if there's anything else you wanted to talk about.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just reminding you to do your promos. Um, oh yeah, I got all those. Oh, you got them pre-recorded now? Yeah. We're moving up in the world. Nice. Yeah. Then nope. I'm no? pretty exhausted from today.
0: Yeah, I am too. I'm mentally drained. Uh-huh. Uh, Texans fans, look, it was here. It happened. Um. Good things happened. Bad things happened. The good thing is is that kickoff is exactly ten days or nine days away, um, which means football's here, which means we have at least – we are guaranteed at least 16 weeks of football and hopefully more. But, um, yeah, nine days we open up against the Saints on Monday night. So um, real quick – Make sure you guys go and register for the event at Sigma Brewery on September 9th. Tiff Treats, Pitmaster Barbecue, all brought to you free. Okay, I've been working, free. This is for you guys. Uh, at Sigma Brewery, 9-9, uh, Run Game Clothing, proud sponsor of the podcast. Make sure you guys go to rungameclothing.com. Use promo code UNFILTERED for 15% off your order. Uh, that's promo code UNFILTERED. Um, and, yeah, with that being said, we are wrapping up the off season. No more cussing moving forward. We are a professional podcast as we continue to build. Um, with that being said, this is Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We will catch you guys in 10 days. Loved this episode of Texans Unfiltered? We'd love for you to be a Patreon supporter. Your support allows us to provide you with the best Texans podcast possible. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod, And everywhere podcasts can be found. And join our community on www.TexansUnfiltered.com or on Discord at Texans Unfiltered. Thank you for listening. Until next time.